With the big election little more than two weeks away, we are, once again, being bombarded at every turn by political ads, not only for the presidential race, but for state and local offices as well. One thing they all have in common is a tendency to go negative. Why? Well, studies show they work. Of course, they also work at further chipping away at what's left of any faith we might have in humanity. But who cares about that? The important thing is candidate X gets elected regardless of the cost, right? I wonder how many people are aware that these 30-second spots are not held to the same truth in advertising standards applied to commercial products. It was decided a long time ago that to ensure, as it was then put, robust debate and free speech, that campaigns would, in essence, be given a license to lie. And the only consequences would be their opponents could cry foul and be forced to run counter-ads. You have to ask at the end of the day, are we voting for the best person or the best ad agency? Then there are the countless signs littering our landscape that often wind up being defaced and are seldom removed in a timely fashion after ballots are cast. Is this really a good reason to vote for someone because you've seen their picture? In this digital age, any office seeker worth their salt will have a website. Rather than have all this political dreck forced in our faces, let's instead have those interested just go to these websites and perform their due diligence. Personally, I'd require proof of such web searches before I'd let anyone vote. But that's just me. How about you? Am I the only one who thinks we shouldn't be selling candidates the way we sell soap? My email is frank at perfectlyfrankpodcast.com. Now let's see what you had to say about my plan last week as to how the National Debates Commission could make their events more fair. Debbie wrote, Electronically cutting mics might seem to make sense on paper, but it's not how we argue in real life where people routinely interrupt each other. It strikes me as artificial and not at all organic. Debbie, I can't dispute what you said, but while it may be artificial and inorganic, as you put it, I maintain it still beats the alternative of what we've been getting. Here's Ron's take. I thought your plan was perfect as far as it went, but I'd take it a step further and add this element, a bank of nonpartisan fact-checkers to whom the participants could appeal when they felt an assertion by their opponent was inaccurate. One of the news networks has a correspondent whose sole job is to do that after the fact, and I find it very enlightening. Why not have the same fact-checking on the fly?
Ron, the devil is in the details. I'm receptive to your idea, but I can already hear the objections. Statistics are subject to wide interpretation. Will it awkwardly delay the proceedings? And most of all, could both sides ever agree on who would serve in those roles? Although prosecutors and defense attorneys agree on jury selection every day. I guess it's possible. I must admit it would be refreshing to see politicians called on their mistruths in the moment. Let's hope in the next election cycle some changes are implemented. I thank you all for your participation. Remember, when I read your emails, into the record as it were, you are automatically in the running for our $100 email of the month prize. Until next time.